Title of our lesson this morning, Be Devoted, taken from Acts, the second chapter, verses 40 through 47. For those who might not know, we have been studying in the Old Testament, and we are now in 1 Chronicles on Wednesday evenings. And one of the problems that they suffered through is they weren't devoted, and so that was kind of the motivation for this lesson, but the text comes from the New Testament, so be devoted, Acts chapter 2. In in chapter 2 and verse 42, it says, They devoted themselves, or they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, and in fellowship, and in breaking of bread, and prayer. The Bible is replete with encouragement to be devoted. Don't fall away. And sometimes we have to ask ourselves, what happens? Or what happened to the fire? So three points. Be devoted. They kept meeting together. There from Acts chapter 2. And then do not fall away. I'm going to go ahead and pull up that first point. Be devoted. You know, a lot of times whenever we think about devotion, we think about love, we think about faithfulness, we think about being steadfast to a person, to a thing, to a cause. And one of the synonyms that sometimes used in regards to devotion is also fidelity, which just simply means to be committed to a person, a cause, a belief that is demonstrated by support, by action. That's what it means. Fidelity. Devotion. Committed to someone, something, a cause. Keep that in mind. It was the spring of 2001. It was a Massachusetts courtroom. Or I should say 19 19 years prior to 2001. In a Massachusetts courtroom. A man by the name of Ken Waters was convicted, first-degree murder, sentenced to life in prison. His sister, Betty Ann, was sitting in the courtroom that morning. She was absolutely devastated by that verdict. And when she heard what it, when it was read, at that moment, she determined, I'm going back to school. So guess what she became? She became a lawyer. 19 years later, she had raised three kids. She had gone back to college and then to law school. And then when she got to the point where she could side on as her brother's lawyer, she applied for and received all the evidence from that case, hoping that it was all still there after that period of time and that the DNA evidence was also there. And so in the spring of 2001, He was set free. He was innocent. (laughs) It was Betty Ann that was committed to that, devoted to her brother and helped to get him set free. That's devotion. That's commitment. That's long-term effort. That's fidelity to a person, to a cause. And so as we begin this morning, kind of keep that in mind. Because in Acts chapter 2, about verse 42, I'm going to read you now from, this is the New American Standard. It says, and they were continuing, they continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Three things there. It says they were committed to. The apostles' teaching, that's to doctrine, that's God's word. And to fellowship, associating with. They were engaged 
common cause as Christians. And the breaking bread there, most commentators will suggest that that's talking about worship and prayer and so forth. That's what they were devoted to. The New Living Translation says, all the believers devoted themselves. And as I mentioned earlier, Scriptures constantly are encouraging us, don't fall away. Be devoted. 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, about verse 12 says, if anyone thinks he stands, or if any man thinks he stands, take heed lest he falls. There's a warning there. You can, it can happen to you. Hebrews, the 4th chapter, about verse 1, it says, therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of us should fail or come up short of receiving that rest. And so it's a warning. So, with those things in mind, let me ask you now a question. Have you ever fallen away from anything? Have you ever fallen away from a diet? I'll just have one Oreo today. (laughs) And tomorrow I have an Oreo and cake. (laughs) And then I eat the whole package of Oreos. And it's like, what happened? It started with that one. Or New Year's a lot of times, and I've been there, done this, you join the gym. Have you ever gone to the gym on January 1? There are so many people there, you can't even hardly exercise. Wait till January 10th, it gets a lot better. (laughs) Half of them are already gone. And you know how it starts? I'll just take tomorrow off. And then it's like, I'll take two days off. <laughs> and then I take a week off, and it's like, I'll wait till next year. Is that the way it goes? We fall away. We give up on something. But in a spiritual sense, it happens too, doesn't it? This is the year I'm going to read my Bible through, from Genesis to Revelation. And we get started, and then we kind of slip, and then we set it aside, and then we don't keep going. Or, this is the year I'm going to spend more time with other Christians so that they can encourage me. And we do good for a little while. Or, I'm going to be real regular in my worship and in my attendance. And then we can slip. So let me say this before we go any further. Because I don't like critical lessons. Do you? (laughs) And most people say, I don't want to come here and get beat up. So what I'm saying is that all I want us to do is to just think about this and how it can happen. And what Acts chapter 2 is saying, being devoted, or they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' doctrine, to fellowship, and to the breaking of bread. That's God's word. That's association. And that's worship. That's, that's what Luke records for us there in Acts chapter 2. I'm going to turn now to the Gospel of John. John chapter 15. This is Jesus with his apostles on the last night before he is betrayed. John chapter 15. And I'm going to just read 4 through 10. Jesus says, Abide in me and I in you. 
As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up and they gather them and they cast them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it shall be done for you. By this is my father glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Just as the father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. And just as I have kept my father's commandments, and I abide in his love. Hear what Jesus said? Abide in me as I abide in you. And then he wraps it all up. And he says, just as I abide in my father's love, that's what I want you to do. You keep my commandments just like I keep my father's commandments. That's the connection. And he says, I'm the vine. You are the branches. And apart from me, you can do nothing. And so he said, make sure you maintain that connection. And that's a constant theme. I'm going to ask you a simple question in just a moment. But in Acts chapter 2, I want to go back there for just a moment. I want to read verse 42 down through verse 47. I know we read that once this morning, but I want to go down through 42 to 47. It says, And they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were together, and they had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. And day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. Luke records it. Verse 42. They were continually devoting themselves, apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking bread. God's Word, being together, worshiping together. Three things. That's what he says. Word, worship, fellowship. Devoted to someone, to something, to a cause. Now here's the question. Simple question. But I hope it makes you think. Who's responsible for your devotion? If you answer anybody except self, that's the wrong answer. Because sometimes you talk to folks and they'll say, well, if so-and-so was more devoted, then I would be devoted. 
If the preacher was taller, if the preacher was shorter, if the preacher was fatter, if the preacher was skinnier, if the preacher talked faster, if the preacher talked slower, if the preacher talked a little longer, if he preached a little shorter, I would be devoted. If we answer that question by saying anybody else or giving any other excuse than self, we've given the wrong answer. So Luke records these early Christians, they were devoted to the word, to the worship, and to one another. Verse 46, constantly diligent, showing great care, persevering day in, day out. Good times, bad times. When it's easy, when it's hard, when it's convenient, when it's inconvenient. Now think about it. To live as a Christian includes all those things. It's that word. It's that fellowship. It's that worship. It includes all those things. If we're devoted. That's what Luke records. If I want to grow, I want to know more about His Word. I want to spend time with other Christians. I want to worship. And that takes effort. It takes energy. It takes sacrifice. You do it because you're devoted to someone and to a cause. Devoted to a cause. And it's worth it. I want to share a little um, information that I came across here recently. Uh, there was a fellow that was talking about this, about devotion and so forth. I thought his observation was kind of profound. He says it like this. He said, the story of Jesus, he's making reference to the entire story. From beginning to end. The Bible. It's the greatest story that's ever been told. It is the greatest story that's ever been told. And he said, it is a compelling story. Now I want to stop right there for a second. Because he did. He said we need to understand compelling. Compelling means to evoke interest, attention, admiration, motivation to emulation. That's compelling. I want to know more about that. Wait a minute. I want to be involved in that. And not only that, I'm going to tell somebody else about that. That's compelling. He said it's a compelling story. Attention-getting, inspiring, admirable, powerfully irresistible. That's what he said. The story can change your life. It can motivate you to want to share it with others and to participate. That's the amazing thing about this story. You don't just read it, you join it. You become part of it. That's what Acts chapter 2 was saying about those Christians. 
They devoted themselves to God's word, to one another, and to worship. They joined the story. They became part of it. It's compelling. You learn it. You live it. You share it. Now here's the part that I thought was really sort of astute on his part. He said, if you're living, or if you are saying that you are a Christian, that's what he said. If you say that you are a Christian, but you're not doing those things, that's what he said. (laughs) I had to kind of chuckle. He goes, you really need to go get a cup of coffee or a cup of tea, whatever's your favorite. (laughs) Get your tablet and get an ink pen. And he said, you need to go sit down and you need, this is his word, (laughs) you need to journal about this. (laughs) He said, you're a Christian, but you're not really interested in knowing this word. If you're a Christian and you're not really interested in worshiping, if you're a Christian and you're not really interested in associating with others that are a part of the same cause, he goes, you need to think about that. <laughs> and I thought, you know, that's good. That's not being critical. That's just like, what do I believe? And what am I doing? Isn't that good? I thought it was good. <laughs> I hope you think it's good. I thought he made a good point. It's like, why would I claim to be a Christian? And then, I'm not really interested in those things. He goes, you need to journal about that. I thought, that's good. Am I devoted? In this day and time we're living in, there are plenty of folks now that do not want you to talk about what you're devoted to if it comes to Jesus Christ. Right? I don't want you to commit to this. I don't want you to be here. They tried to stop that. And they'll be back. And I don't want you associating with others that think like you think. But like we've said before, there's nothing new under the sun. That's what happened to Jeremiah. The weeping prophet. They harassed him. They persecuted him. They tried to shut him up. And you know what he said about it in Jeremiah, the 20th chapter, about verse 9? He said, if I do not remember you, and if I do not speak in your name, there is a burning in my heart. It's like a fire in my bones. And I cannot hold it in. Jeremiah was devoted. I can't stop talking about him. We studied the book of Acts a while back. Remember that? And do you remember early on the apostles just kept talking about Jesus? Kept talking about Jesus? And what were they wanting to do? Would you guys shut up? And so they arrested him and they threatened him. But they kept talking. And so they arrested him again. And this time, to try to get the point across, you remember what they did? They flogged him. 
That means they beat them severely. And then they said, do not speak anymore in his name. And what did they do? They went back to talking. <laughs> they were devoted to someone. They were devoted to a cause. And they weren't going to stop talking. Because they were devoted. So we have to stop and think. If we're not talking about it, if we're not interested in learning more, in worshiping, in associating, we got to ask some questions, right? <laughs> and if we ask these questions, I think it also helps to point to the answer. Because sometimes, and this happens, and once again, this is not the idea of being critical. This is the idea of giving consideration to, to think about. Because this is the greatest story that's ever been told. So if you talk to someone and they say, I don't know, my relationship with the Lord feels a little cold. And so you ask, have you been reading? Have you been worshiping? Have you been associating with other Christians? And generally, you know what the response is? No, no, and no. Once again, that's not to be critical. But if you ask the questions, I think it also helps to point to the answer. Do you want that relationship to be warm? Then read, <laughs> worship, and associate fellowship with others that are part of the same cause. They devoted themselves. And before we pass on to the next point, I want to make this point. And I want you to remember this. So we think about God's Word. We think about fellowship. And we think about worship. Any one of those things, any one of them, is not, let me make that clear, any one of those things is not a substitute for all of those things. It's not. And I've talked to people before. And they'll say, oh, I, I've been reading, I've been praying, but I haven't seen you in a long time. <laughs> Well, I've been reading and I've been praying. That's not a substitute. <laughs> That's good. Keep doing that. But you need this and this. Or, I come to worship pretty regular. Do you read this? <laughs> Do you say this? Do you associate with fellowship with others of like precious faith? 
The only time, sometimes folks will say, I ever see a fellow Christian is on Sunday morning. I'm just telling you, you don't want to fall away. Take heed. It's reading, it's learning, it's worshiping, it's fellowship. It's a part of it. No one of those things is a substitute for all those things. It's a package deal. So verse 46, after chapter 2 and verse 46, it said, And day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. Now, it's kind of interesting here, the way Luke records this, and the way the translators have written this down. From verse 2 to verse 46. Because in verse 42, Luke says, and they were continually devoting themselves. Verse 46, and day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple. Those two verses... It's exactly the same Greek word. Acts chapter 2 and verse 42, they were devoting themselves. Acts chapter 2 and verse 46, it says continuing day by day. It's that same word. (laughs) They devoted themselves. So Luke's saying, they continued, they devoted, put forth effort, persisted, facing challenges when it's easy, when it's hard. And they met and they shared, devoted to the Lord, to a cause, to the faith, to one another. Devoted. Here's another illustration. In this world in which we live, and it's becoming more challenging in this nation, (laughs) to actually speak up and say what you believe. But there are nations where it's dangerous. China, Iran, the particular one that I read about, North Korea. It was a lady that was able to speak. Her and her husband had become Christians. He got found out first. He was arrested, taken away. And later died while being detained. And then later they came for her. And she was arrested. Placed in a camp. She said where the conditions were deplorable. Men, women. But as she was there. She said that sometimes. People would die. (laughs) Malnourished. And she said, when they would die, the guards were in no hurry to remove those people. And sometimes they would just lay there and they would just decay. She said, the conditions were awful. She said, also, for restrooms, they had a large building. And guess what? Everybody uses it. And she said, to go in there, the stench was terrible. Upside, 
the guards never go in there. So when they found out there were other Christians, guess where they met? There. And they didn't have Bibles. So she said they gathered and they would try to share scriptures that they had memorized. Different ones. She said they would pray together. They would sing together. Quietly. Devoted. To someone. To a cause. And to one another. Hebrews the 10th chapter. Passage that is familiar to a lot of us. Maybe we haven't looked at it in a while. But as I was researching this material, it kind of brought a little different light to it. Hebrews chapter 10, beginning at verse 22. Let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let's consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Verse 23. Let us hold fast to our confession. Verse 24. Let us consider one another, how we can stir up one another to love and to good works. Verse 25. Don't forsake meeting together. What's the Hebrew writer saying? That's how you keep the fire burning. Right? It's reading. It's his word. It's worshiping. It's praying. It's fellowshipping with others. Recognizing we're a part of one body. Matthew, the 26th chapter. Once again, this is that final night that Jesus is with his disciples. This begins with they're going to be celebrating the Passover together. Matthew chapter 26 verse 1 and 2. And it came about that when Jesus had finished all these words, he said to his disciples, you know that after two days the Passover is coming. And the Son of Man is going to be delivered up for crucifixion. It's coming. It's come down to the wire. Passover's coming. Son of Man is going to be turned over to be crucified. If you skip down to verse 31 in Matthew chapter 26, 
Jesus says to them, You will all fall away because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike down the shepherd and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered. So Jesus is telling them, This is what's going to happen. The shepherd's going to be struck down and you all are going to, you're going to scatter. You'll fall away. That's the same Greek word that is used in Matthew, the 13th chapter Jesus uses when it's talking about the parable of the sower. And that when it springs up and when persecution comes, that it withers and dies because it has no root. And so Jesus is saying, that's, what, that's what's going to happen. You're going to kind of wither when all this starts to take place. So in verse 33, they go following this. They go to the Mount of Olives. And you know Peter. He can't let it go. So he tells the Lord, if everybody falls away, I won't fall away. And Jesus says in verse 34, this very night, Peter, before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. They are in the garden. Verses 26 through 41. And Jesus says, wait here and watch while I go here and pray. And he goes and he prays. He's devoted to his father and to a cause. And he goes and he prays. Heart-wrenching pouring out. Father, let this cup pass from me. Sweating, drops of blood. And then he comes back. And what are the disciples doing? They're all asleep. And he says to Peter, what? You could not watch for even an hour? Then he makes an interesting he said the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak Peter you have said I won't fall away if I have to die I won't fall away spirit is willing flesh is weak and he says that you ought to watch pay attention and pray. And Peter's going to deny him. But it's kind of interesting, I believe, as you read down through that context. He's going to fall away. But it's not going to happen all at once. Because as you continue to read in Matthew, the 26th chapter, what is going to happen is Judas is going to show up with the soldiers and with the chief priests. They have come out to arrest Jesus. And when they're all there, what does Peter do? 
he reaches for a sword. I don't know whose sword. He reaches for a sword and he takes a swing. And the servant of the high priest ducks, but he takes off his ear. And then Jesus says, put it away. <laughs> put it away. But Peter's ready, ready to fight. But then they arrest Jesus and they lead him away and the apostles scatter. And Peter, he's following. But now, it's at a distance. You know what Matthew is recording for us when he puts all that? What he is saying is, the falling away has already started. Because when they take Jesus, they disperse. And Peter, now he's back here. And then eventually, he ends up in a courtyard among a different crowd. And then there's a little girl who says, you're one of them. <laughs> and he says, no, 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 not me. And somebody else says, yeah, I can tell by the way you talk. You're one of them. He says, no, not me. And somebody else says, yeah, he's one of them. And then he begins to curse and say, I do not know him. And the rooster cries. You know what Matthew's saying? Now the falling away is complete. You've denied. Ecclesiastes 4 about verse 11 asks the question kind of a paraphrase can one keep warm alone? Kind of a rhetorical question. No. Not all by yourself. So if you watch Peter when they're in the garden Jesus is there the other apostles are there. And Peter grabs the sword. He's in a crowd. He's with others. He's still feeling confident. But then they take Jesus. And the confidence kind of fades. And then pretty soon he's surrounded by others. None of the apostles. He's alone. And they start to question him. And he starts to deny He's by himself. And he denies Jesus. Most often, that's the way it happens. We don't just one day quit our diet. We have a cookie. And that kind of starts the slide. We don't just quit the exercise program. We skip a day or two or three or a week. It's the same thing spiritually. A majority of the time, we just don't up and stand and go, oh, well, that's it. I'm, I'm done with Jesus. <laughs> well, it comes a little at a time. But what Peter is, or what Luke is recorded for us in Acts chapter 2 is they were devoted to the Word to worship and to fellowship to one another. That's how we stand. 
That's how we remain faithful. Acts chapter 2 and verse 42. They continued steadfastly. New American Standard says they continually devoted themselves. The apostles' teaching to fellowship to breaking bread. So what God's word is telling us if you don't want to fall away and you don't want others to fall away then devote yourself. One fellow put it this way. If you don't want to fall away then make sure the group doesn't fall apart. Uh, That's pretty good. Stay together. There's safety in numbers, so to speak. It's the word. It's worship. It's fellowship. Devoted to someone. Devoted to a cause. Devoted to others. Don't extend the Lord's invitation this morning to any and all that are here. If you've never rendered obedience under the gospel of Jesus Christ, we'd encourage you to do that this very day. Jesus said, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. If you're a Christian, child of God, not been living as you should, you want to make your relationship right with the Lord this morning, if we can help, you let us know while together we stand and while we sing.